Hey everybody, <laughs> we're back. It's been a while. <laughs> you good now? It's your girl Raven sitting here with Daryl. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Paul. Howdy. He's been on before talking about horror movies, and we have him back today to talk about his short that we filmed last March, March of 2021, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. called "Some Visitors." Uh, Paul uh, wrote and directed the film. Um, I, along with a very talented practical effects artist Logan Cole mm-hmm. and Tiffany McNeil, we all helped with the practical effects on it. It's an awesome movie. Um, it's going to be featured at a film festival coming up called Panic Fest. So we're going to talk to Paul a little bit about it, but no spoilers. <laughs> um, but when it comes out, you got to watch. All right. So, Paul, with the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Break down just the concept of the film. Don't you know about no spoilers, anything like that. But sure. like, what was kind of the the motivation? What was going on with? It? Okay, so uh, the film is about a woman home alone. Um, one evening, she just lost a uh, a baby. Um, she had a child who died, and she's in a very traumatic state of mind. And she hears a report on the radio that there's been a lot of home invasions in this area, and she gets a knock on the door and. It's a guy who seems to be an okay fellow who needs to be let in. And it what begins is just a sort of like back and forth between them. And I won't give too many spoilers, but he does get inside. And when he gets inside, that back and forth uh, keeps going. And the whole um, you know idea behind it is I wanted a film that had a buildup that was tense and that had an explosive ending. And that is what I want to do, because I love movies that are slow burn, that are more tense, more, more, more tension behind it. And I love movies that are, are bloodbaths. And I wanted to do a movie that had a little bit of both of those in it. So just this lead up and this explosion. And for, for, uh, in terms of story, I won't say too much more. What yeah, no, 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 we don't want nobody yeah, to be spoiled yeah. at all. Yeah. But Bloodbath, it was. Um, it's a very violent film. So violent that Paul lost some of the crew a couple days before Really? We really? Filming. You lost some of the crew? How'd you? Uh, okay, yeah. So um, we shot this in St. Louis. I guess you're listening mm-hmm. where you guys are based out of. Uh, we, we shot this in St. Louis, and um, we had a crew on board. They read versions of the script that explains everything that happened. But um, between working closer with both the um, practical effects team, Logan and Raven and Tiffany, but also my digital effects uh, guy in post-production, I was learning more and more about what they could do and what we could show and and how far we could go with the violence. And when I was making this, I I didn't really think there was a too far with the violence. I wanted to show everything I possibly could. Some Quentin Tarantino stuff. Yeah. And so the more that I was... um, uh, realized that we could do, I, I was writing it into the script and, and sending out more drafts. And I guess they didn't, they, they, they didn't really understand what the movie was, what was happening in the movie. I guess they didn't pay enough attention. It wasn't really their department. They were more, um, behind the camera and lighting and stuff like that. But then when they saw the violence spelled out, they, uh, did a little boycott 48 hours before we shot and they were trying to get me to change two things, but there was one thing in specific, which obviously I won't tell, yeah. but they wanted me to change this. And 
I refuse to. Um, so I, 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 I let them think that I was thinking about it, but what I was really doing was just scrambling to find backups. And I was hitting everyone in the, in the film scene. Who do you got? And um, luckily, uh, the lead actress of the movie, her boyfriend is a filmmaker, so he gave us one of one of the um, uh, crew position people to replace them. I was able to replace the other one with a connection, and we kept the film going. going. Yes, that's all and it's all about, right? We kept it uncompromised, exactly <laughs> what we wanted, but it was such... I mean, making a movie in the first place is so hard, but to do it with a revolt that's happening because of how violent it is. But in my mind, I was like, well, we're going to save this, but if we get this done and it's good, I'm using this as a marketing tool right. for, for everybody. So, <laughs> so that was how that happened then. So when you when you looked at this film, what were the inspirations for? Like, what are you like, man? These are the things that I'm, uh, I'm looking at. Sure, yeah. So um, when when I was uh, okay, so when I was uh, in my um, late twenties, mid twenties, late twenties, there was there were these movies that were coming out of um, Europe at the time that were blowing my mind, and they were incredible, and they pushed these limits that were beyond what we were doing in America. And at the time it was like the mid 2000s, like the mid aughts around 2005 and American horror was pretty bad then. Cause it was a lot of like remakes and it was a lot of like, it was kind of the torture porn stuff was happening, which the, the hostiles, the hostiles, yeah, which I kind of like the hostile movies, but like the saw, I'm not a big fan of and the whole torture porn thing. It, I, my problem with those is they're like, those kind of movies, they're, they're like gross, but they're also safe. Like, like, like when I watch the saw movies, I don't think there's anything really pushing the envelope happening. It's just kind of gross. Um, and But then there was these movies out of um, Europe that were really pushing the envelope. And I, I watched these movies and I love these movies, but I, I didn't know if anybody really knew about these movies, at least not enough that I could use it for inspirations for other stuff. But the, so, so, so I kept these things in my consciousness. Like, like I love these movies, I've talked about them, but I never thought about them. It's like tapping into them as a form of influence. But the movie that really um got me thinking that i could go into that well of resources was jordan peele's us so okay. I, I watch us and i love us us well, you review us with us yeah <laughs> really talked about it, yeah. us is my favorite horror movie of that decade um i i loved it and when i was watching it i like realized that peele who's around my age was hitting a lot of these influences and I could see these influences that, that were happening. And um, afterwards, I, I researched it and I was reading an article that he gave Lupita this list of films to watch. And so many of them were from the, that time European, period. European. And, and I was like, I didn't know you could, I didn't know you could <laughs> tap into that, but Jordan Peele's doing it, I'm gonna do it. Uh, so uh, the big one that he was influenced by, that I was also influenced by is, is a film called Funny Games which is from uh, Germany. It actually got remade in America too. And the remake's pretty good too. It's the same director re remade both of them. That's a home invasion movie. And that one's really interesting because, um, have you seen that one? Or even? I haven't. Okay. So that one's really interesting because it's, it's just like really preppy kids who look like um, they are from like a golf um, club. And, okay. And, and they come, country club. Too. Yeah, country club. <laughs> yes, thank you. And, and so they go to this house. They want to be let in. They start tormenting the family. But the thing that that movie does, that my movie, nor did Peel's movie, does, is that one gets kind of artsy because the characters start talking to the audience. 
And so what you'll see is they'll be like, so they're breaking the, the breaking the fourth, the fourth wall, wall and directly talking to the audience, not just like a visually breaking the fourth wall, but they are literally breaking the fourth wall and, and talking to the audience. In the remake, they did the same thing too. Mm -hmm. Okay, the remake did the exact same thing, and it's that kind of movie that really pushes people's people's buttons. If you're on board with that sort of like kind of um, contentious sort of antagonistic filmmaking you love it but there are some people who hated that they're like this is not why i watch movies i don't want characters talking to me lecturing me but i loved it and peel loved it too um <laughs> there is this uh, big movement in the in the 2000s called the french extremist movement and these were all these like really like just violent movies coming out of france um hmm. one of them was this movie called inside which was a big influence influence of mine and that was about a woman who breaks into a home and and where another woman is staying and the other woman's pregnant and her motivation is to cut a baby out of the pregnant woman. And it goes in, I won't tell you what happens in it, but it goes in that direction and it's pretty intense. And that was a big influence on me. There's another part of the extremist movie called Martyrs. That one wasn't, I love it. That one wasn't such a big influence on me, but that was a big influence on Peel. Peel, if you ever, if you get him talking about Martyrs in an interview, he will go on about it. Um, so yeah, just like this whole European movement where they were really pushing the buttons and I just felt like I could, I felt safe. Like I felt like there was precedence to do that, I mean that, that because of what, what Peel did. So, so the right you, you can jump in. I'm just but you worked on it. So I mean, I, yeah. I, mean, I feel like you were, you were a part of it. Yeah. It's been on my bucket list to work on a film in some way. And this was an exciting way to do it since I don't act anymore. Um, so when Paul asked me to help out with the practical effects, I was very honored. Um, he thought I would be good at this because of the Halloween costumes mm -hmm. that Tiffany and I do. The Halloween and I was costumes like, are true. Yeah, but I'm like, this is a little bit different. Like, you wait, wait. Uh, not too many spoilers, but there's a, there's a scene where somebody breaks their arm. There's a scene where somebody's head gets bashed in. And one of the things I've always loved about horror is how they make things look real. So, <laughs> like, cute. I thought about, like, Terminator when he's, like, gouging his eye out. Or the fly when Jeff Goldblum was like pulling off his finger. Yeah, that, oh, that's um, one of the, the craziest parts of that whole movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that like that I get engrossed with with horror films that I find enjoyable. I'm actually like not even scared about what's going on. Sometimes I'm not even paying attention to the storyline. I just like the way they make gory things look real and awesome. So I was honored to be a part of that process, and it's um, it was fun doing it. Um, and so Paul had a completely vegan set. Um, so it was also interesting trying so to So what, what does that mean for people that may not know? Yeah, so everything was um, vegan. So like there was no animal products used on set or eaten on set. So mm -hmm. the food that was all vegan, Paul made all of the vegan food. I did sneak in some chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Sorry, I did. I did. I had a craving. Um, but trying to create the blood and what looks like brains. like Without ketchup. Might, yeah, you know, and like you may normally want to use hamburger meat. But, you know, instead we used riced cauliflower. So there, um, yeah, so there's some ways to, to make it work, uh, even with those stipulations. Did you, how'd you, I mean, that's pretty dope. I mean, Raven, that you, I mean, a, a female gore. Women can do stuff too. Yeah, you know, no, 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 no. I'm not saying <laughs> Stop it. Come on, stop it. I'm, you, I know. I'm I just know. saying that that's dope. Like, yeah. people wouldn't think that they think of all the people that have done those special effects of like, yeah, all these guys that yeah. do all this kind of stuff, you know. 
Well, I would say the ringleader of it is a guy. Logan is very, very talented. Um, I think as, as a profession, he makes dentures. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's dumb. Well, he used the same kind of practical yes. effect skills to make these mm-hmm. for Yeah, so he made mm-hmm. a lot of different prosthetics to create the effect of a broken arm or a broken nose. or And so he taught us a lot um, about how to make the skin look bruised. And, you know, if it's a fresh wound, this is how... So y'all get mentorship at the same time yeah. to become badasses. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was a really, really cool, very, very cool process to be involved in. Yeah. It, it, it was a great uh, combination because I actually had someone else originally um, who was recommended to me who was going to be the FX artist, but it, she didn't work out. We had a delay because of COVID. And in that delay... Um, she and I decided that it probably wasn't the best project for her to work on, but I was kind of like, uh, I, I had to find someone quick and I knew Raven and Tiffany had this experience with, with, with the, the costume. If anybody, you old look at their, their costumes for yeah. like the last 10 years. It was great. <laughs> but then, um, Logan, but Logan hadn't been on a set. Like, so he became like this guy who created prosthetics and created um, what you needed, but he always had other people on set. He he was not a set person. And um, so originally it was going to be that Raven and Tiffany were on set and Logan was going to create everything and, and kind of advise and everything. But um, it's funny because he and I talked about this, but this movie kind of like revitalized his love for being on set. And about like three weeks before, he was like, all right, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. <laughs> so he came aboard and he, he's done set work since then too. So it's kind of like shot him back in that direction too. But the FX team, the practical FX team was great. They were um, on top of everything. They were patient because the whole shoot kind of, uh, fell behind schedule and we were kind of scrambling to like, get everything back in order but the fx team was just outstanding and was there um ready to go anytime we needed them and when we needed them we needed like an explosion to happen because yeah. like i said this violence and this it's it, intense it's intense and it's and it's um you, you know you need that like quick explosive shots and, and they were there ready to do that the whole time yeah so, and i'll say the practical effects wasn't just about the makeup either or like the the violent um, shots themselves. We also had to figure out, there's a, a, a scene where a character gets dragged across the floor by her hair. You obviously cannot drag somebody across the floor by their hair, so how do you make it look like this person this is being possible. dragged? Yeah, so we had to come up on the spot and, hmm, how do we do that? And mm-hmm. we actually kind of created like a little choo-choo train where like I'm <laughs> pushing the, act, uh, the actor, actress at their feet and Tiffany's then pushing me and then Logan's then pushing her. Oh, so that's... Yeah. <laughs> it looked like the human yes. centipede. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is a crazy movie. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> that shit's bonkers. Yeah. But if you watch it in the movie, you can't tell. There's a, a little train of people. But those are things that people don't know when you just get a movie done, especially practical effects. Yeah. Uh, I'm gl- one of the things I appreciated that it was practical effects and it wasn't like a Sharknado look where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, something happens, it's like blood. And you're like, Dude, that blood didn't even, what, what is it? This is, that looks like computer blood that yeah. I made on a, video game blood looks better than this, you know, yeah. than what you're showing. Well, and what was great about this, I, I've kind of learned this from working on this film because a lot of move, a lot of like the conversation about it, it's like practical versus digital, where it's like, you know, the Sharknado movies, it's all digital and it's kind of a, you know, turn the noise up, their nose up to um, practical effects. But I did have a digital effects guy on on here and what i realized is that even he knows that practical effects is better he is there to save it and to make digital look as practical or to digitally enhance the practical aspects to, to so, enhance it not to yeah. make yeah. it 
So there's one part where a character gets something stuck in them and it gets pulled out and this gush of blood goes firing out. But when we were on set, we were having trouble getting that to work. Um, it, we were just getting kind of spurts of blood to come out. And I remember, you know, we were behind schedule. We got a little bit. I was just like, ah, oh, we'll have to go digital on this. No big deal. And I gave it to, I mean, it was kind of a big deal. Part of me was like, damn, I really wanted that practical. But I gave it to my di digital guy and he was like, hey, I think we got enough practical here that I can, instead of creating digital computerized blood, what I'll do is I'll just like expand the practical. And just make it look yeah. bigger. So it, it's is. kind of interesting because everything you saw in that scene, if, if you know that scene I'm talking yeah. about, everything in that scene, it is physical, practical blood, but it's digitally enhanced. And it was like this like awesome moment where the two departments work together as opposed to these departments kind of being at war, which a lot of people kind of posited to be. Yeah, my only beef with it, that it wasn't a, um, a, a crooked cop doing cocaine. <laughs> I don't know what, I, I just wanted him to show up and like be like, hi, coming in there like, oh, everything's all good, and he just leaves. Like, and, yeah, then, and then you see... And then, yeah, I don't know. It was just something I just in my mind I envisioned. And he just sit in the car and he does coke and then he drives off. <laughs> like it's like this. It's just it's just it's just like he just randomly there drives you go. off. I'm expanding yeah, this. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But I'm saying that be just and he just be like, oh wow, this is bonkers. This dude just <laughs> left there was like, oh, you, everything's fine. This goes to this coke and then this drives off. Like yeah. he just. I mean, just, Sam I, is going to do a feature, so I will uh, possibly add that. I want to be the there guy doing coke. Just, 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 just the random cop showing up out there. Everything's all good. All right, I'm, I'm going to holler at you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to be a crooked cop, too. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I think yeah, it's just yeah, this whole bad enough. lieutenant. I just think of like bad lieutenant. Bad lieutenant is a great movie. <laughs> I just think of bad lieutenant. I, I just want Harvey got told as we dumped in the middle of that film just randomly, you know. Did you see the other Bradley Tennant? The, the, the uh, sequel. Remake? Yeah, sequel I, I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see this. I didn't, I didn't see that. That one's pretty good too with Nicolas Cage. Right? Yeah, I need to, Nicolas Cage is one of my favorite actors. I need to watch that then. Yeah. So we were talking about Jordan Piller. What do you think about his new film? Coming up, we can talk about films and a little bit of movies coming up future. No. Is that what it's called? Or nope? It's nope. Nope. But I want it to be nah though. Like, I don't want to be nah. Like, my mind be like, nah. I don't know if he's confirmed this, but do you know what nope stands for? Oh, it's an acronym? Yeah. It stands for uh, Not of Planet Earth. Huh. Oh. oh my gosh. Is that a spoiler? Yeah. I, I don't think No, so. I mean, I, I don't think. I, it I think makes sense now. Yeah. Um, because uh, us stood for, what was it, underground system or underground subsystem? Society. Society, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So so he, he's good at making. But, you know, I don't think he necessarily always confirms it. So he, like, puts these out. These, Just these, to like, throw it out yeah, there. Yeah. Like these he might have came up with it way after. It was like, hey, man. Hey, what's an acronym for, for Nope? Yeah. This you, you saw the movie. Help me come up with an acronym. I'm just going to throw it out there. I am really excited about this movie. Um, the trailer for it looks uh, incredible. And I don't know. Peel just... You know what? Peel reminds me of what Tarantino was in the 90s, where mm -hmm. he created this film that set off a movement of people who can't do it like him. So, so in the 90s, we had so many... Pulp Fiction knockoffs. Yep. And they were all just so... Um, I mean, it's tons of them. Yeah, yeah. so so substandard. And then... But you've had it. Like, like this kind of really politically conscious horror movies that have been happening since um, Get Out. And none of them can even come close. And he, I feel like even Peel has, like, moved on from that. And, and he's, he, like, he's, like, exploring other ideas now. And, like, like the one... I, I know I texted you about it recently, but... um. 
It's a movie on Prime called Master. Have you seen this? No. We got four stars. I saw that. I was like, I don't know if I can watch this. Four out of four? Ten. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I, I think it's four out of five. I was like, I was like, no, this was IMDb's uh, rating. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's about a college and, and um, a student who has to try to get acclimated. And there is like a is lot of... Is that Octavia Spencer? Uh, no. Um, Wait, am I thinking about the wrong movie then? Sorry. You're uh, thinking about the one where she's the like the the friend. Of, what was the one where it was like all the high school kids? Oh, uh, Ma. Ma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ma. Which is fun. It's Regina Hall. Sorry. Regina okay. Hall. That's right. That's right. And uh, and, and like I just it was watching oh, this movie. I've heard about that one. Yeah. That, okay. Yes. I, I mean, some people like it. I was watching it, and I you know could see where where they get out and the appeal influence was. Oh, really? Even in that film? Yeah. And, and I'm just like. I'm like, even the movies that have the best intention, they can't do it because he just has like this mixture between the political consciousness, but also the amount of horror, but also like the comedy that he puts into his movies. Uh, It's such like, it's just like a mix that no one can recreate. It's only in his mind. And I feel like... um, Everything he gives is going to be gold. I don't know because yeah. I just feel like he he like knows the the beats of how a movie works. Yeah, no, he does. I mean, what he wrote it out for what, ten years or something. Yeah, he wrote it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, the premise of Master sounds interesting. I may still give it a try despite <laughs> its rating. Three women strive to find their place at an elite Northwestern University, Northeastern University, when anonymous racist attacks target a black freshman who insists she is being haunted by ghosts. Each woman must determine where the real menace lies. Okay. Okay. I can see how they could be get out in okay. at a college. <laughs> like I could see that get out in in at a college. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it definitely wants to be get out of the college. But I, my biggest problem with it is there is you know I won't say who obviously you're spoiling anything, but there's a death in the movie that's so like horrendous and so like almost like it, it, it's imagery that's very like um, associated with um, um, a movement in the past, and I don't feel like the movie the movie gave. The, that death enough credence or respect within the character so it was like this movie that i felt like had, had these big ideas these big political ideas but they were so stuck in these ideas that they kind of forgot about the individual characters that a part like this happened and they kind of moved forward continuing with the political idea but i was just like is any character going to acknowledge that it just There's whole- no, no transition yeah like, like no one's going to even acknowledge this horrendous death just happened and i and i remember thinking it was a film that 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 sometimes if you're too stuck in the politics you, you'll lose track of the people and, yeah or the characters or if in you it. don't know what the point of it is like yeah. you just want to throw that out there but like not not wrap it up yeah yeah have you have you guys been watching atlanta not yet mm-hmm. oh, binge watch at the end of the season man don't i mean just watch it now because it's basically it's it's individual episodes that have nothing to do with each other almost Huh, okay. So like the first episode is not Atlanta at all, and the fourth episode is not Atlanta at all. Okay. Fourth like Teddy Perkins episode. N- no, it's no Atlanta people in either of those episodes. Huh. Like they're literally like almost like a Twilight Zone, like just thrown in. Like you just it's just directed by them. Like the first one is based off a kid that gets adopted. Okay. That's it. Okay. <laughs> That's it. And the fourth one is if reparations was really instituted, but mm-hmm. on a personalized level. Huh. Okay. So it's it's it it flips it of like hey, and it's not even spoiling. This is literally in the, the, like so you can literally if Raven your family owned slaves, somebody could get the printout mm-hmm. 
come up to you and be like, your family owes me $150,000. We're going to garnish your checks for 15, 20% for X amount of time to pay it back. There's there's a classic scene on there where the, the, the main characters there pulls up and all the black people are sitting in front of his crib playing Make It Last Forever by Keith Sweat barbecuing in front of his crib. <laughs> and he hears it and he's like, what song? What is, who's playing that? And they they like, oh, they barbecue. I'm just, they kicking it. And they like, that's him. <laughs> he's like, let's get out of here. And it flips it. But it's it's very like watch it very, very intently, especially the beginning, because and then actually, you know what? Episode one connects episode four. So the two random episodes connect to each other. other. Okay. But then the middle parts that are them mm-hmm. as they're going through their regular journey mm-hmm. are connected. But those two, and it's totally, like you can watch them on their own. Okay. And they have nothing to do with Atlanta. Okay. And you can just watch four, one and four and you'd be like, this is, he's doing some, I feel Donald Glover is having issues with uh, him being mainstream. Okay. At least that's that. what I took from those two episodes. That. that he's like, fuck y'all. Like, I'm tired of y'all thinking I'm the safe Negro. Yeah. And I it's literally... That's SNL hosting. Yeah, but this one, is, this one goes there. Like, the, especially the reparation one goes all the way there. Okay. And, yeah. and then even the first one goes all the way there. And it's... it's it, it's very, The first one is very, very horror. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is more kind of quirkier. Mm-hmm. But the first one is horror. Like, it's like Get Out. Okay. But there's this kid that's adopted. So think about Get Out, but a kid adopted. Yeah. You know, and it's called, um, I forgot, it's, it's called something random like, you want to go back home. Okay. So it's this kid that's bad, and he's like, you want to leave? Go. <laughs> and a family adopts him, and he goes through this whole thing, and it's connected to a real-life story. And I, I don't want to spoil that. I did hear that, that it is based on something. Yeah, that really happened that was tragic. Yeah. So, and then it flips that, that what happens with that. So, okay. but it gave you a lot of Jordan Peele feels. It's very horror. It's very like, oh, my God, like, what is going, like, Opening the door, somebody standing there, type thing. Like, oh, what are you doing? Awesome. You know, um, have anybody seen the uh, uh, Paula Patton getting clowned about her chicken? Yes. They're yes. comparing that to the uh, main scene here. It has nothing. I don't know if she saw this and then decided to put her chicken out there, but it's a scene in there Why where would she do? I don't know. But everybody's <laughs> like, "Oh, that's the chicken scene from the first episode of Atlanta oh, wow. <laughs> with this kid." So it's I, I, and Jordan Peele is doing some crazy stuff but I want it to be like a one big cinematic universe and that's why I want to ask y'all like do y'all think it could be like oh, a Donald Jordan Peele no 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 I'm saying Jordan Peele's movies could be oh, like gotcha. all connected in like a cinematic Jordan Peele universe oh. that'd be interesting but he t- uses a lot of the same actors a lot so I wonder like how like like that would work because then you would have it's a multiverse yeah it's a multiverse that's what I'm thinking about <laughs> multiverse <laughs> So you got Daniel Kluge's character from Get Out. It's gonna be his character from No. Nope. But if that's a, that's his. That's somebody else that looks similar to him. Because yeah. we have do, similar doppelgangers all yeah. over the world. Yeah. Um. I, I, shout out to Teddy Man. Me and him came up with a whole Get Out too. Um, oh, what's the, yeah. What's well, <laughs> it's never gonna get made, so I might as well I can say it. So the whole thing is that Daniel Kluge's role is going to end up being like because they they were basically saying that it was different places that this was happening. Mm-hmm. So he was gonna be like kind of like Blade. But like for these different uh, get out situations. <laughs> so he was just going to be going through like uh, retracing all the people and killing all the people the that, hosts. that the hosts. Mm-hmm. So he was going to be able to find out from all this stuff who they were because he had all the pictures yeah, and cool. going back through being Blade and just having retribution. <laughs> that would be badass. Yeah. So he would just be going through doing this whole kind of thinking him and 
um, Little Rail would just be kind of like together. He'd be like his whistler. Yeah. And like, you know, like you missed out. You you, you didn't kill him with the such and such. It was just like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I get out was supposed to end, right? Originally. Yeah, he's supposed to be the real cast was to come. The real cast was to come. Which is crazy because I feel like the ending that they have they went with doesn't feel like plan B. It feels so organic. Yeah. Like when I was watching in the theater and he pulls up and you the see the first moment, no, the feeling you get when you see the cop car you pull up is yeah. 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 But I think it was better that they flipped it because you yeah. you already knew like and when the cop car pulled up. The studio was right on that. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm like, you are well, what are you trying to do to the people? Are you trying <laughs> to everybody this we're not trying to do a whole um like any slave movie where you come yeah. out where you like Damn, man. Like, you know, yeah. I didn't want to leave that movie heavy. No. It's no. heavy enough. Speaking of the slave movie, that mm-hmm. is the movie that I think was the worst of the get out. Oh, are you talking about the one with. Um, Janelle Yes. Oh, that's the movie you wrote. So bad. I it reminded me of the village. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but except like, the, they, they say the twist, like, 15 minutes into the movie <laughs> like, like it's halfway through and then she has to like fight out and uh and we got caught into because everybody's like oh this is like another get out oh. <laughs> yeah. and they took totally advantage of it just like when people were recreating the quentin tarantino film yeah yeah, yeah. exactly it was definitely m night yeah the village it was the village where you just like this was in the park yeah. this whole time <laughs> i had so many questions like <laughs> I just hope that this movement dies because <laughs> I feel like, or just allow, just let people. Just let him do his yeah, thing. Like, you know, stop trying it's to a monkey like see, kind of monkey do. Yeah. You know, industry. In the politics, obviously, we're in the climate at the time. Um, and, and so I could understand where people saw that and, and were like, you know, not just wanted to replicate because how successful it was, but also they were probably angry about things happening. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we, we can use this as our vessel. But. I don't know. Like like I said before, they can't do it like TL, so don't even try. Yeah, I'm I'm good on that. I was just like, all right. Antebellum, I was like, and it was so messed up. Uh, Teddy texted me. He's like, don't watch it. And I was like, what? He was like, you know. And I was like, man, it can't be that bad. And then I texted him midway through. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was like, I told you. It's like, not to watch it. <laughs> like, I told you. So what, what films are you kind of looking forward to, like a style or anything that like, man, if somebody could do this, I ain't trying to go into your bag. Sure. But whereas like, man, like someone could utilize this kind of genre more or this kind of idea. Wait, you're right, like utilize. This in general, in general film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like, like I do feel like, oh, well, okay, I'll, I'll talk about like, like, like with horror. Like I feel like it is a genre that has really gotten a lot of respect and back to peel i think he was a big reason i think ariaster is a really big reason too um so i feel like we are in this like kind of like movement where, where horror is really respected uh, mm-hmm. where it's almost like respected to the the point of like art house cinema it's like a24 is a is a big production a24 company. is dope yeah a24 <laughs> is great uh, another guy with robert eggers you know he did the witch mm-hmm. and he did um uh uh, Lighthouse with uh, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson. So he's kind of like part of that whole movement too. So I feel like... Um, Shout out to Brandy who produced it. Who, Brandy Stewart, Dave Stewart's daughter. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. She's a producer. Her. Which one? Lighthouse? Lighthouse. Okay, Lighthouse mm-hmm. is great. Lighthouse is excellent. So I feel like... No, it's not the Lighthouse. It's the one with... Um, Moonlight. No, 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 no. She no, produced... Um, what was the one that uh, the other Hawk um, got an um, Oscar for? Who? I'm sorry. Um, is, it, is Ethan Hawk have a brother? Ethan Hawk? 
No, not that I know. Oh man, it was like it was something like the lighthouse. Man, I can't remember. First performed? No. No. Um, is it one of the Afflecks? It's the one of the somebody's got another. Yeah, did he want an Oscar? The movie he won an Oscar for. Oh. It was like two or three years. It was the same year that Moonlight won. Oh, it's um um. But it was based on Manchester by the Sea. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Which is right. great. Manchester yeah, that she produced that. I'm okay. sorry, Brittany. No, no, no that, yeah. that's that, that's a great, great movie. <laughs> that is yeah. an excellent movie. So I don't know. Like I feel like horror has really stepped up, and it's just a genre that I'm I've always loved. But I feel like there's like a path now that you can be a respectable filmmaker with it and ideally you know what i mean i'm sure this is a dream that everybody wants but like what would be incredible is you know right now my, my short it's in panic fest which is a really big um horror festival it's one of the big horse biggest horror festivals in america and i'm looking forward to other festivals that'll eventually get in um there's a few over the summer but then obviously in october there's this huge explosion of them with halloween and you know, I, I hope my movie gets in front of the, the right person, but ideally the dream situation is it gets in front of Peel because he feels like the kind of director, like I was saying, that he knows these movies. He knows what I'm trying to do. And he's that kind of director who would or produce it. Yeah, produce and like with like Candyman with, um, what's the, the sister that directed Candyman? She's yeah, doing Nina Costa. Uh, Cap- Nina Costa. Yeah. She's doing the uh, Captain Marvel too. Yeah. And, and this is, you know, you know, this is just based on uh, what I saw that he loved um, when he was making us. Just like this idea of these movies that he... Um, that he uh, 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 grew up watching too. And I, I, I like had this feeling he would be like the perfect producer to protect the filmmaker who is making something that tries to push buttons like my film does. And, and, and you know, like when I think about turning my film into a feature, it's not just turning into a feature. It's not just getting a cast and getting the money, but it's also how do I avoid a situation like I went through? How do I have... You know, if you want something incredibly violent, how do I protect myself from crew members trying to change things and, and stuff like that in order to do and that? the suit coming in there and like, yeah. hey, what's yeah, going on? Let, yeah. me see, let me see the dailies. Yeah, and this will be like, <laughs> oh, you know, we can't do this. You know, the, people won't watch if you do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, you know, when I, when I was making some videos, they, they even said, um, you know, if you make this, no festival is going to take you on and people are going to walk out of it because of one, one particular thing that happens towards the end. Um, and uh, so far I felt in my gut that they were wrong. And I felt like in my gut that I think people will appreciate the boldness of a movie going there less than they will actually care about the action that's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so far that has been the case. And like, so when I think about possibly turning this to a feature, it's like, I need a producer who will protect me. (laughs) Like, like who who will have your back. There have been more violent films too. Oh my God, stop. I'm not bothered by violence. So I'm not, so I'm not the person to like (laughs) say whether or not something is too violent. But I'm like, The Hills Have Eyes was, like, so much worse. Like, yeah. there is definitely a lot out there that's... Well, like, Wrong Turn and, like, yeah. all those... What's the other one um, where the, where she gets raped and, like, she goes back to kill all them? Oh, um... Uh, I know what you're talking about. Those are the from things. the 70s. Last House on um, the Left. Or, um, uh, I Spin on Your Grave. It might be Last House on the Left. Both of those do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's super violent. Yeah. So, okay, like, the thing about a movie is it's not necessarily, like, it's definitely not 
wall-to-wall gore. I mean, in the 27 minutes of the runtime, there's probably actually only violence happening on the screen like three of the minutes. Like, 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 so it's definitely not like a bloodbath and it's not like that, but... And I definitely don't want to get say what it is because it's in a spoiler territory, but some of the violence that happens is crosses this line, whether it's imaginary or if it's actually real, but there's certain things that you don't do supposedly yeah. in a horror movie and I wanted to do them. And, and so like, it's less um, how violent it is and more like what the specific form of violence is. But, but I feel like, you know, that specific form of violence can either be a good thing or a bad thing because my film got reviewed by Film Threat, which is one of the bigger uh, horror publications, uh, online publications in the world. And the review said that it put images in their, in their mind they'll never forget. And speaking about that, so it's that kind of thing where the effect of it will either hopefully stick with you in a good way or it might make you uh, walk out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this this what you, you want a reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to get a reaction, especially if it's playing at a festival with 50 other movies, you want So to, what's so you break down the, the, the festival for people that may not understand sure. it, no? It's Panic Fest, and um, it goes um, April 28th till, I believe, May 7th or May 8th. Um, it's all in Kansas City. Um, is it in the same city every year? Yeah, uh, Panic Fest is always in um, Kansas City. But over pandemic, they started doing it virtual. And a lot of these festivals are keeping the virtual um, platform, too, <laughs> which is great because, you know, a lot of these festivals, when they started, they only allowed... 50 movies in and at the time when they started 10 15 years ago there was a certain amount of movies where allowing 50 movies in you were picking maybe five percent ten percent of the movies but now they've maintained keeping only you know accepting 50 movies but but everybody's making a movie now so they're getting all these submissions and they're, they're getting down to like one percent of who they're allowing in so a lot of these um festivals that are expanding the virtual market is good because it's giving filmmakers more of a place to land in and a producer can go and jump online and watch. Can they, they yes. can jump online and like, okay, I can't make it to Kansas City, but I want yeah. to jump on here yeah. and check out some of these films. And, and that's great. So, so some of the movies are uh, virtual only, and uh, they only play virtual. They don't play live. Um, and then some of the films are live and virtual, and that's what, what what mine is, which is awesome. So I get to actually go to Kansas City and watch the movie play, but then it'll also be virtual. So it'll be virtual twenty eighth through May eighth. And um, you can check it out. There's a bunch of like great movies coming to this festival too. If you go to the Panic Fest website, there is a whole list of just great horror movies coming out. And the virtual platform's awesome. You can like almost like walk around digi- digitally through like a theater lobby into different screens and stuff oh, like wow. that. Oh wow! Okay. So, the, the, it, so they're showing it at a certain time, or you can stream it at any time. Like. You can stream it at any time. I believe I'm 99 sure that you can screen it at any time. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of other movies there that you can screen. Also. Are they all shorts? No, it is, um, about, I think 40 features and about 40 shorts. Okay. So, Very cool. yeah. Wow. 40 features, man. Yeah. They, 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 they're showing a lot. A lot of those are virtual. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's yeah, like, man, that's a, that's a feature, like 40 feature films. So that many people are making films. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of, you know, there are a lot who, got rejected from that in all festivals too. I mean, getting the whole film festival circuit is so um, crushing to any filmmaker because <laughs> you're going to get rejected from something. You just are. And um, even the best of films have accepted rates, 30, 40%. Wow. 
just because it's just so hard to get into these festivals. And what a fun job, though! I would to love do that. To oh yeah, to be able to be selected. Yeah. yeah, I really want to have a movie in the podcast, but I really want to start a horror festival in St. Louis. All right. <laughs> so, but I, I like I need I need to do it at a time when um I'm not busy making or promoting yeah. my own movies. <laughs> Yeah. But but I think the city needs a horror festival. Yeah. So what your dream scenario casting wise, what would this Oh casting I know be? the answer to this question. Do you have <laughs> like your main said, character? Have I said this to you? Yeah, right? you tell me. Oh man, I don't know. Oh, like if you that was that was, <laughs> like, that, 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 like that there was no budget. It was if just so I, I did. You could just do the fantasy, the fantasy casting. I did tell Raven uh, because I'm just so stuck on the um, the us thing, the feel thing <laughs> that I did tell her Lafita, <laughs> which I did. Look, I can see Lafita doing this. Though. Yeah, I, I can see it. I, I can see it. Yeah, yeah I can see it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can see it too. And, and obviously, she's talented enough to do it, and and she would be incredible at it um but um i also feel like that could possibly get a little close to what she was doing in like it could be a little bit too cast a little bit yeah so i don't know if she would necessarily want to do that honestly if i had the money to to do this and i didn't need an actor with name and i could just go with talent i'd probably go with jackie again um okay yeah Yeah. so so jackie uh kelly who's a a st louis actress she um she's not just a st louis actress she travels and she does films all over the uh she was good yeah and if i could just cast her again and you know we we could finance it without a a big name yeah and just get some ensemble people randomly around i'd I'd use her again she was she was outstanding in it like the castness was just the best in St. Louis. I mean, I mean these, like, like in a way, like I kind of feel like I, I pulled a coup in a way because a lot of times in St. Louis, movies that are made with with the budget, um, usually have to be about something inspiring, or they usually yeah. have to be um, about I, I don't know. You, you, with the message. Yeah, something with the message. Usually, a movie that's as dark and nasty and cynical <laughs> as this movie gets does not have what everybody brought to this movie but we were able to get you know s- some of the best um you know camera work going on this we got you know a plus sound work we got some of the best actors in the city some of the best editing like everybody just came together and made this really darkly nasty cynical movie and when i was sending it because during post-production we had people in los angeles who were helping out who you know didn't know anything about it when they watched it they were like "Ooh, what is going on in st louis it, it, it's hopping <laughs> over there and i was just like it's really not (laughs) we really got the cream of the crop on this one um so uh yeah i'm just really impressed that so many of the top tier people in st louis came together to make such a nasty little dark horror movie yeah i was thinking uh joseph uh, gordon uh levitt to be um, the uh jeff oh huh that and then clifton powell to be the the cop (laughs) That is Clifton Powell. No, no, Clifton Powell. That would be hilarious. Do you know how many random people you will get at your film of Clifton Powell? It's on that poster. I don't know Clifton Powell is. Oh, yes, you have Clifton Powell. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think who Clifton. What has Clifton Powell been in the mainstream? Yeah, I don't think some mainstream he's been in. Uh, or Bokeem oh. Woodbine or something. Okay. To yeah. be that uh, cop, the cop. What was he in? He was in Ghostbusters. He was in that Ghostbusters. Uh, uh Bokeem Woodbine. Yeah. No. Um. 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 Oh, what is his um? 
Uh, Fargo. Fargo. Yeah. Okay. Who's in Who's in the Ghostbusters? Maybe I don't know any. No, I don't think he's in Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, you you about the old one or the new the new one? brand new one? Oh, I didn't see the new one. Yeah, he may have been in there then. I, yeah, I, I haven't seen the new one. But yeah, Clifton Powell would be hilarious. <laughs> I could see him totally doing that. So um, in order to play Jeff, I just need someone. I need someone. I mean, Clayton would be great. But because the reason I said Joseph Gordon-Levitt is someone like that, where they look very um, nice of like, oh, yeah, you would let him in. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Like, I, I wouldn't want to be like a creepy person. Like, I'm just thinking somebody that you know automatically like he's up to something. Yeah. <laughs> like Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be a character person to be like, oh, man. He's good. Yeah. Yeah, let him up. I'll let him in easy. I, I would need someone who can, can play very, can, you know, Clayton, who, who plays Jeff, he's outstanding in it. And when Clayton and I were talking about it, and again, if I had all the money in the world, yeah, I didn't just know. Go, yeah, go yeah, ahead, I would, I would back him again. But he and I were talking about it, and I was like, when you're outside and you need to be let in, I need you to be, at first we, we were thinking about having him just be super nice, but I was like, we need you to be more like pathetic. So when he's like talking, <laughs> like, like, like he was actually using Norman Bates when, when oh, Norman Bates was being like sad. Yes. Yep, yep. And uh, and so I had him kind of just being like droopy, like sad. And I was like, but when you come in, I need you to turn up the sleeves and turn up. It's, the, it's little by little because the yeah. dial of the, vo- the volume goes up little by little. Yeah. And, and so that's the kind of like character, you know, to expand this into a feature where, where they can hit both of those, like, like both um, Jennifer's character and Jeff's character kind of go through like personal arcs on their own where they start one place and they go to another place, another place. And uh, I, like actors who can play that full spectrum, which I, I luckily got with those two. Um, but for an actor to play that role, like, I feel like that would be a really fun role to play because once they're inside, they can be sleazy and they can have all kinds of fun with it. I was talking to my friend uh, the other day and we were like, do you know who who is an actor that everybody knows but nobody thinks of anymore? He's in no movies and I feel like he'd be good at that. And it it is Hayden Christensen. (laughs) So so the the thing about Hayden Christensen is, yes, he played Mm -hmm. Anakin. He played Darth Vader, and he was a villain, but he was, like, a villain who was, like... Reluctant. The reluctant Yeah, the reluctant villain. villain. And, and he was, like, full of, like, conviction gone wrong and stuff like that. And I um, I don't think he's uh, bad in those movies, but I, I don't know if it's, like, the best match for his personality. And I was like, I could see him being more sleazy, more just, like... Like, like, like he just lets go and and, and is a... a who, do you, who do you have, Ray? Who do you think kind of so some, of, some of these? I just... Oh, man. I mean, I really like Jackie, so I would I would keep her. Yeah. In that role, I got distracted. I was looking at what happened to Hayden Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> what? Happened? He moved to a farm in Canada to clear his head. He is. He's in the new. He's in the new Obi Wan. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh well, he's he's playing, playing Darth Vader in New Obi Wan. Never mind. He's out, he's out of my reach now. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was in Jumper too, right? Yes, that was years and years ago. <laughs> I was, I'm thinking Clifton Powell is the... That's the, the cop you made up? Yeah, Clifton Powell. <laughs> that, I'm telling you, when you look up, you look up some of his stuff, you'll be like, yo, he is sleazy. That is the, <laughs> he's the best villain. He may be the best black villain we've ever had in acting history. Yeah. But for, really? Yes. Who's more of a better villain than Clifton Powell? Yeah, so you're not just black villain? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm... Uh... I don't know why I can't think of this man's name, but the one from Tales from the Hood... Oh, you're thinking about, uh, but he's dead. Clarence um, Williams III. Yeah, I was just yeah. commenting on the greatest. Yeah, he doesn't. Great. He's not as creepy as I got it. he's creepy. Great. I, I just watched it again recently, mm-hmm. and it's in my head. 
Greatest black villain ever in a movie is Mr. Glass. Oh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like that uh, the glass one. Uh, yeah, I didn't love that, but man, I rewatched. Yeah, when he was in the in the original. Yeah, I, re- I rewatched Unbreakable recently. That movie is perfect. Yeah. like it is so perfect, and it's that kind of movie that you watch and, and you watch it once and you're fooled by it, and then when you watch it a second time, you're like, "How did I miss this? It's yeah. so obvious." <laughs> yeah. If you can do that, it's one of the ones awesome. M Night got right. Yeah, that's before you fell off. Yeah, <laughs> but man, where can everybody check out everything? Look at anything to got the con or support you as well sure yeah uh, the social media site that i'm most active on is um instagram so just find me paul hibbert on instagram anything with the film i uh throw on there so you know as we go through um these festivals and everything i will keep just updating that and and a lot of these festivals are virtual so if you can't make panic fest um hopefully the next one i get into has a virtual component you can do that one where can i hit a hit you up Remy on i am on instagram as quote the ray and you got the you got the line you're modeling now too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go there and do an Instagram yeah. and check it out. No, no Norfit. It's my girl's company. <laughs> um, yeah, um, very fashionable workout attire. <laughs> well, thank y'all for listening, Paul. Man, it was a dope film, man, and I'm looking forward to Clifton Powell being in the feature. That would be awesome. Um, and thank you very much for listening. And, and, if, and if you could slide me in as his partner, then um, at the station, like you gonna go out high. <laughs> you know, like this a little quick, little quick cameo. <laughs> that is awesome. No, I, I really appreciate you guys letting me on here. No problem. No problem. All right. Peace.